We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes beyond the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, like we did this weekend. Sometimes we make you laugh. Well, hopefully, inevitably do. But most times we go deep. I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Cosmo09, Rachel Bird, Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner, and Bridget, KODishify.com slash Punky Brewster, P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-A-S-E-T-E-R. And of course, we're here with Survivor Seer member, Takira, KODishify.com slash Connie Dixon, the number four, L-Y-F-E. We're here to talk about the season finale of The Walking Dead Dead City titled Domas Mo and when I'm with you guys we are home oh isn't that cute like they did a cute thing aww just flew over everybody's head everybody I flew envision over. us drunk chanting Domas Mo at like the next convention that we're at. oh my god <laughs> Make it so, number just one. Saying, just saying. There's going to be so many videos of, happening. of David uh, walking down the hallway, and we're all just screaming. <laughs> and we are drunk. And that was drunk. That one. That one. David! That one. That one. That one. Anyway. Drunk one. Drunk two. I wanted to say that Bridget had broken down not only the trailer, but also the 10 minutes mm-hmm. of footage from the first episode of The Walking Dead Daryl Dixon that people had received this weekend from AMC+. Plus. So in the blog now, I can link to that video that she did with both she and Takira. I highly suggest you head over to her channel, which is, I think it's youtube.com slash at Punky Brewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. Oh, and Mitchell hasn't had the chance to watch the first 10 minutes since AMC+. Plus and Canada isn't giving it to me. Oh, no. Well, you can go watch that breakdown. It's pretty yeah. thorough. It's yeah. very thorough. It did not impact my watch of it later on at all. You know, it's something to be said about spoilers, but you're not really getting the whole episode anyway. You're breaking down mm-hmm. the trailer. You're breaking down the first 10 minutes. So I saw, you know what? A, let me support my dear friend and co-host, Bridget. And by extension. Which, thank you. Takira gets that blessing too. Mitchell <laughs> <laughs> says Jackbox games win. Uh, maybe when we come back, because no show means we can have a little bit of fun while I plug away in the behind the scenes to try to get out some of the things that we have on hold. It's just by the nature of necessity of trying to break down these episodes on time. Fear the Walking Dead and the overlap with Dead City. We want to finally release the panels that we did at the camp, which are still pending. We we have another episode in the back burner called (laughs) Favorite Moments, David, from Fear the Walking Dead. Right? (laughs) Say it right, Dave. Moment. Great episode. I happen to be on it, actually, too, which is not why it was great. (laughs) Actually, it's probably why it's a little bit more funny. Because I was not prepared, but uh, was basically I had no list. I had no list of favorite moments. I was like, "Oh, guys, oh, maybe this moment is good for uh, our list." No, he was seven. saying episodes, though. He would say yeah, whole episodes, like, oh, and we're episodes. like, "That's no." That's going to be edited out, okay? <laughs> but you can get the <laughs> unedited version of that, but I think already on our Kofi and Patreon. So if you if you want to watch that episode, you can you could have done it months ago. So head over to either ko-fi.com/squawkingdead or Patreon.com/squawkingdead and just watch it now. Trust me, the unedited is very entertaining oh my god it is <laughs> only if you like hearing us laugh though oh yeah true so true. not for yeah, blue, blue cat, cat five <laughs> one four <laughs> find you. okay so let's start with takira when it comes to why what i'm sorry i'm just realizing how little tea oh, i have left <laughs> You know, we like to give our survivors to your members a little forward treatment because, you know, it's sometimes they can't make it and sometimes and they pay for it too. So, so to hear. <laughs> oh, we pay. 
trust me. What was your okay. what what was your impression of well behind the scenes, but you like it. To get, what did what did you think of this episode? And how do you feel about the series now that it's come to a close on the whole because of it? And that's the only impression we'll have for this whole night. So kidding. No pressure. We got a lot of questions answered. We got a little tussle between Negi. Overall, I was really worried about the six episodes thing. I'm worried about that with all of the new series. I didn't really think they would be able to give us much in six episodes, but I think they actually did a really, really good job. My initial reaction is meh, but oh, okay. I feel like we're being heavily set up for a season two. Do we know this for sure or are they just teasing us? Oh I'm no, we know this really... for sure because of SDCC. We do. Okay. Yeah, well, we I, even put it on our I'm social sorry, media. I, I work a thousand hours a week and I, I don't know, have I any free time ever. <laughs> what have I said, Rachel? You say lots of things. Well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's actually very true. So most things that nobody listens to, but at least this one thing is that I say to you, there is no stupid question because there's always someone that doesn't know these facts. Right. SDCC happened over the weekend. We did a live stream. We condensed it for the audio podcast but not by much we did some light editing but that's it the second season announcements happened during the thing we couldn't show it we didn't feel like we could because we thought there would be some spoilers from the last episode contained in that announcement but there wasn't mm. so we showed that announcement along with a little preamble to give people permission to actually watch it for those who skipped it now that you see that there's a perhaps a big setup for the second season does that change the way you feel about it <sighs> Not really. I mean, uh, the episode as a, as a whole, I'm like, eh, it happened. Some stuff happened. Did anyone think that Maggie wasn't going to find Herschel by the end of the series? No, I think we all saw that coming. Everything that we thought was going to happen, happened. It just wasn't a huge splash for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I saw almost everything coming. Yeah. There was no big twist or anything. The one big twist that they could have given to us was spoiled in the trailer. Negan with the knife to Maggie's neck. Similar to the first episode. Yeah, yeah. that would have been the, the big thing. And they showed it to us so we knew that was coming and also some of the behind the scenes footage uh, the peep the fan taken behind the scenes footage had shown that a little bit too mm. which you know if you saw it and i you know it was everywhere the uh, kind of a spoiler it's it not really a spoiler but it's like not something you really want to see before it's done right in production edited down the way they want to show it which you know if you watch that how that happened it is similar to the way maggie has negan by the throw by the first episode i like the symmetry that ha that's been happening the yin yangness of of seeing some of these scenes paired together. In the blog for the last episode, which I cranked out yesterday and finally released, I showed the silent scream from the flashback that we finally get of the Croat making the deal with Maggie. I made a gif of that what? and ignore me. peanut butter? Yeah, I made peanut butter with that clip and the first silent screen that we got from the first episode too. So like it, it just shows the first and you start to feel things. But anyway, so Sharon, do you, do you have a similar reaction to Rachel? I liked it. I thought it was it was entertaining. Again, like I said, no surprises. Everything I figured was going to happen happened, like you said, Rachel. But if this hadn't been a season finale, it would have been great. But as a season yeah. finale, it was very lackluster. Yes. I get that they were heavily getting ready to set up for the second season or whatever, but that doesn't mean you can't have a bomb ending for the season that we're in. Well, the fight was okay. I do like the tension between Maggie and Negan, but there was just nothing spectacular in this for me to go, holy shit. And I feel like you should, in a season finale, have a holy shit moment, and it just wasn't there. I have complicated feelings about that because you did sort of get that in the original series. You have the six episodes, you kind of try to make every episode more grandiose than the last. And I think they did that in that series. And I think they 
sort of tried to do that for fear. And they sort of did with the death of, spoiler alert, after after almost a decade, killing off Eliza Ortiz at the end. And so it actually answers the question that I'd asked of, well, does that mean we might get the song Anything Goes, sung by Ethel Merman, but by Cole Porter, which is about the erosion of social norms over time. I had said, could this mean that we get a bigger death in the last of six episodes? And no, we don't get that, but we get a huge setup at least. Thomas said, finale was okay, not the greatest, but the split screen with their faces was awesome. Yes. Agreed. That shot was awesome. It was just perfectly symmetrical. If you were talking about symmetry, Dave, about symmetry of the scenes, like that was perfect symmetry right there and how they timed it perfectly for them to lift their faces at the exact same. Uh, perfect. Perfect. The lighting was pretty good too, yes. to oh, show them really at the cool. exact same. Yeah. Oh, and Mitchell says, I really didn't like the end of the episode. First of all, on oh, Freya on 814 said episode six was absolutely fucking awesome. He, he really, I mean, and I, I really liked it too. Much love from Canada. Hey, buddy from Peterborough, Canada. Bernard Yunt says, I got to be a background on the whole season of Fear and it was great working with all the stars, especially Daniel, Daniel Ruben Blades. Emily says, I'm so tired of the rinse and repeating of the same shit that happened in S10 and S11. I don't disagree, actually. However, I like that it's in a sense an expanded and explored version of that. But she says, I would entirely rather have them having separate stories apart, in which it seems like by the end of this episode, their stories may be separate, but also related. Even though they know the rinse and repeat is annoying for us, they're doing it on purpose so that we can understand Herschel and what he's going through. And the fans. Something that Negan has said, nor should you to Maggie. Mm -hmm. Get over it. I think that's important. Meaning only an insane person would forget. No, no, I'm I'm backing you up. I'm saying only an insane person would say that what happened to Maggie Glenn and her unborn child was forgivable. Right. And so it's it's sort of like, hey, fans uh, that really like what I did, don't. (laughs) So Bridget, let's go to your first impressions. I liked it. I thought it was good. I don't, I I feel like it got really negative in here, you guys. (laughs) I think think it was good. I don't want it to sound like I didn't like it. I did enjoy watching it. I just feel like it could have been a little more oomph to it. I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said I... Meh. Meh. It so happened. I could see there being some sort of like huge uh, gasping. <gasps> I can't believe that that just happened. Now, I felt like I got a little bit of that in two different regards with the new Babylon situation, because that was concerning to me. Mm. And then also the toe. Both were weird and creepy and not like <laughs> Sophia in the barn. But I am like desensitized. I Why is everybody laughing? Oh, now you know how I feel. Uh, I was like, what just happened? <laughs> what just happened? Okay. You want a toe? I can get you a toe. I can get you a toe by 3 p.m. with nail polish. (laughs) 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 The big Lebowski, everyone. (laughs) And it was exactly like that. In regards to retreading things from season 10 and season 11. Now, I agree, Takira, they're doing that to showcase what Herschel went through. But some of it also is, as humans, we don't let go of things very easily. So I think it would be foolish to act like either one, you blew past it, or two, we're not replaying the same stuff over and over again. Because literally, I am staying up at night to think about a guy who did waving arms at me and yelling in the car because at a stop sign, a four-way stop, I went at the same time as the person across from me. And the guy who was waiting on the other side didn't like that. And I still think about that and happened months ago. And also, I've never met that guy. So what do I care? But this is what I'm saying. Like We as humans, especially neurotic or anxious humans, tend to replay stuff over and over and over again. So I don't think it's unrealistic to like retread ground. And they're showing 
nuts that Maggie has extreme PTSD because she is still having very vivid nightmares about the mm-hmm. night Glenn died. I had attributed that to feeling like she needed to harness that trauma in order to do what she needs to do. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that she doesn't occasionally think about it or not when she doesn't have to, she thinks about it. Yeah, it would permeate every aspect of your life. And not only that, which Herschel says, she chose to follow the route of anger and wanting vindication and revenge. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Because in episode three, I think it is, People Are a Resource, Negan puts on that version of himself to get through a situation. So isn't Maggie, in a sense, doing the same? But we're seeing it happen across these episodes. She's putting on this anger that she needs to in order to get Herschel back. It's not yeah. like she wants to. I, I don't think she wants to. But I think she, she needed to do that in order to get this done. Because how do you do that to a person, even if it's Negan? From what Herschel says to her, she's been angry the whole time. I was going to say, so do you think she's been having these vivid nightmares and everything all along or just since she had to go look for Negan? Do you think this has been like a constant thing? Because I can see how that would make someone angry and bitter if you had to have that nightmare every night of your life. Or is this just something that's restarted now because she's having to deal with it? I think the latter more than the former. I would think either would be possible. If she has been this angry for most of Herschel's life, which I'm guessing like she wasn't before she rejoined with our group in season 11 because that was when she came back into contact Negan, right? So all of a sudden she comes into contact this guy and then she's a completely changed person. She's angry again and Herschel's growing up with that now. Before she came back, the version of Negan she had in her mind was that blubbering, pitiful puddle of a, of a man. And that's probably how she liked remembering him when she came back and saw that he had a reformed. lot of people had, had forgiven him. He was reformed. He was out of the jail cell. That probably stirred a lot of stuff up for her and didn't, didn't sit well with her. So she probably was okay for a few years until that happened. I always felt like her anger was really part of the reason she left in the first place. Yeah. Well, yeah, she couldn't be around him. Yeah. Couldn't be around Rick too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. While he was pathetic. I don't think that she necessarily let that go even for a little bit there. So even in that time she frame when she's him in that gone. Moment, though. Like she went down there to kill him and thought, well, maybe living with this is a worse punishment. She could have killed him. That was her intention when she went down there. She went off and lived with a different group of people and she didn't have to think about him, which she did right. obviously because she told stories about him. But oh, I'm yeah. willing to think that perhaps she it wasn't ever present in her mind. She could move on and do other stuff because he wasn't there and she didn't have to think about it. But now she's come back and she's had to think about it. And even over the past few years she's had to think about the forgiveness and all that so i'm thinking that herschel has seen her change like we were just talking about daenerys right he saw her change just on this snap and now she's she's totally different but it's not about him anymore or taking care of him it's about getting back at negan everything about her is about negan not about him which is fair he said that she's always been waiting and looking over her shoulder for negan and that she's never seen him he said she's always either seen glenn or negan not her so to me, it doesn't seem like something has just come up. It seems like she's been this way the whole time. Right. Well, let's go to what Emily says, Bridget. She said she probably has them all the time, but they're worse with the triggers of being around him, mm-hmm. which I could see that being a real case. I mean, trauma does some really crazy things to your brain. For instance, personally, and I haven't gone through anything even remotely close to what Maggie went through. I went through personal health issues that trigger me. But sometimes if an ambulance shows up where I am, that's enough to trigger me. And this 
this is from someone who's in therapy, actively working through my stuff. Maggie doesn't maybe have that as an option. Right. She's doing everything as self-coping. And while that can work, you can create coping mechanisms that help you get through things. They're not always great. And so it could be this hyper fixation on Negan became her coping mechanism. Every time she looks at Herschel, it makes her think of Glenn, which makes her think Negan. Yes, I think so. I think it's complicated because I I am going to say something that might contextualize us a little bit more. But what you'd said before about therapy, Negan says it to Ginny in the third episode, I want to say, where he's like, if this was the before times, a state doctor could look, could check Mm. you out and and figure out what's wrong with you. And then you go to this episode and the Dama says, at least (laughs) what you are isn't born out of some sort of psychosis. So there's this overall general general theme about our problems running away from us and making us into the monsters that we probably don't even want to become to begin with. Bernard said, I play two parts, Padre Guard and Parent Army on fear. I was the guard that got shot in the neck with the dart from June and got his finger cut off. I got revenge because I was the guard that held June's wrist when she got her finger cut off. Anyway, enough bragging. I love the show. I love our show. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) What an honor to have your finger be shot by June and have your finger cut off by June. And get your revenge as an actor. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thomas says she told Michonne in S9E5 that she couldn't sleep. Interesting. Yes, Thomas. And by the way, I saw the comment. Thank you, Thomas. You're in the car watching us from the car. Great. I, Dedication, see, I know man. you. I know Dedication. you. That's, that's really, I love you. Okay. Brian says, I agree with you, Sharon. I think seeing him again had these memories resurface and having to live with him made it worse. That I definitely agree with. It was one thing to see it in season 11. See the reform, touch on the reform, see how he's an asset to our group. That's one thing. S10, S11, fine. But it's another thing to be embroiled, be around him, to have to work with him, have to work with him, quote unquote. We kind of knew this is what she was going to end up doing to begin with. It's kind of like the Titanic. I always use this metaphor because even I, when I heard, oh, they're making a Titanic movie back in 97, or I think it was 98. I was like, oh, Titanic, well, we all know the ending. Boat sinks. Yeah, but it's how it <laughs> happens, right? Boat sinks. Who cares? Spoilers, Dave. Spoilers. Well, it happened. I'm like, <laughs> what am I going to tell you? Oh, my God. But it's how it happens. And I, I know this is like trauma porn, in essence, but... It's really fascinating. And the best part about it is you get to see Maggie in slow motion throughout all these episodes. And by the end of the episode, this episode, I thought there was a lot better contextualizing of, of what Maggie's feeling because it's not just about Negan. I am H.O. She goes into the story about Macy's. Well, I'm, I'm making it shorter. In my own humble opinion, everybody. Oh, now you have to now say it's it, twice so as long. <laughs> well, you laugh the first. See, we're going to laugh the first time. We're going to laugh the second time. Fine. Okay. So, Why use many words? Min- when you word, word, do, do trick. trick. <laughs> exactly. She had also chimed in, just like Negan did, about what what New York City meant to to him, about the souvenir, about having this big day trip with his father, but that never happened. When it came to her, it was all about wanting to meet Santa at Macy's, which fuck, my family used to go to the Herald Square, Herald Square right in front of Macy's, the displays, you get to see the little animatronic displays of of Christmas over time, it changes every year too, little things get added as per pop culture, whatever, little sneaky things. But anyway, that aside, she goes back and she talks about how meeting Santa, Miracle on 34th Street, her idea of making him her best friend and fixing and retrieving all the broken and lost toys she's ever had, which contextualizes everything. It's not even about Negan and her trauma. It's about everything. It's about losing Beth, losing her father, losing her mother. I thought that made the picture so much clearer for me as to 
what her anger is all about or what she needs to feel like she needs to access to get the job done. Negan was just a catalyst in the at the end of the day, that trauma. It really makes sense out of what the words that Herschel was saying, which didn't register with me the first time around because I was thinking about, and it's important to think about, all the things that he and she went through alone on the road when she left our group. All the horrors that she saw on the road, just she and he, until she finally met people like Georgie, the Meridian group, and she lost all of them too, similar to the tribes people. So that's, that's got to be triggering too, losing all the people that she'd grown to care for. I wasn't sure her time frame of her whole life, if she meant pre-apocalypse or the combination of both, but she felt like the world was just constantly taken from her, which just reminded me of Herschel and Beth, everybody that got well, lost Well, her mom the died farm. before that too. Right. Mm-hmm. Her mom. And then her dad became an alcoholic. So I think mm-hmm. she was referring to her whole life. You're in the apocalypse. You don't think something like this could happen. And then it does having somebody like Glenn in your life. Then you're pregnant. You have a baby in this world. And then you think maybe this is like the walking dead makes it so you could be the person you were meant to be. Bridget, like I'm channeling you. There's no schedule to keep up. There's no school to go to. There's no homework. There's no this. There's not, there's no guy cutting you off on the street or it's some sort of track of traffic incident you're obsessing over. There's none of that. So maybe this thing could be a real thing for me. And then that's taken away from you too. <laughs> Look, I'm in and therapy. that's the catalyst. Okay. <laughs> I'm in therapy. I'm Unlike anybody on this show who should be. Right. <laughs> so you're, you've, you've got, you're in up just way, you're in a way better position than anybody could possibly be on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Give you credit. Okay, so Fran asks, what would your reaction be if Negan and Maggie ended up together? Because he's oh, both stop. the Maggie fan stop. Seriously? I wouldn't be mad. So Sharon is like, yes, the prophecy is foretold. <laughs> you know what it is? I love when a writer can propose a premise behind the scenes, obviously, because you can't tell the end of the road <laughs> beforehand. Although you could and you could write your way out of it. But it's kind of like when you when a comedian tells a joke that is definitely, definitely, if the premise of the joke was just laid out, it would be 100% offensive. But I love how sometimes comedians can make even the most heinous things or heinous acts or something because they take the risk. High risk, high reward. If they can write it their way into something that would be great. I wouldn't be mad if they somehow made it so that we can accept it. Who? No, that's not there's that's not a possible. They have crazy chemistry. That's all I'm saying. That's what Negan said earlier. When they first brought Negan on a killed Glenn, this was not a consideration, I'm sure, the chemistry between him and Maggie. But damn, now that they've put them together since season 11, the chemistry between them, I'm sorry, it's just there. And the looks they get, like, I don't know. I'm I'm not, I'm not like this for is the it, Darryl, but... The Daryl and Carol conversation I, I, I was like, I'm not listen, 100% for it but at the same time be like sparks are flying but it does it's a friendship it's a friendship it's they're kindred well are they kindred spirits i think the chemistry we all see is between lauren and jeffrey because they're amazing actors not the characters and they're executive producers so there is something to that sure sure but i I think by the end of this episode could you say that there is some sort of i'm not going to say kindred (laughs) spirits like carol and daryl i'm not going to say that obviously their fates are linked so i mean we agree with that the fates are linked they had their fates are intertwined at the very least fates not other things that start with f not faces <laughs> yeah, yeah fates f-a-t-e-s rachel sorry but would you say that there is a connection between them that we don't 100 know what it is because for the most part maggie rejected it this whole time well actually i think that the dama said it that this man feels responsible for the family he destroyed so if anything i'd say herschel is a connection between them and that circle is complete when he says to herschel as he's passing him by with the prisoner exchange he says it's good to see you, kid. Mm-hmm. Would they try to give Negan... <laughs> 
and Herschel, the Carl and Negan story. I didn't read it, so I'm just kind of going by snippets that I read and heard from other people. But at the end of the comic, didn't Carl kind of seek him out and take him food or something like that? Just kind of making sure he was okay, even though everything that had happened yes carl does mm-hmm. check in on negan okay oh yeah after he leaves yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're saying you're giving that to herschel right instead okay right i'm thinking along the lines of herschel obviously is not happy where he is and i think he felt like he would be happier back he even said it i'd be safer back there and who better to take him under his wing than negan but that's just going to cause even more nt between maggie and negan or does maggie feel like she needs to go and rescue negan from the croak she doesn't know what's going on as far as she knows Negan was being carted off to be tortured and murdered. She has no idea what they were going to do. I assume that's what that last line to Herschel about how she's to settle it. Like that she's going to say. I assumed that was like I'm going to go save him because I owe him that because of because what of I did. You. Not because like he's a good person and that's why, but because I'm a good person and what I did was wrong. Right, right. Okay. But Herschel is really, really interesting. Do we want to read some comments first? There's a lot of laughter when it came to what I was trying to say about some sort of connection between them. Thomas says there would be yeah. no hate bang. <laughs> <laughs> David Carranza is laughing his ass off. And Emily says invisible string. Yeah, the invisible string of fate. Thomas says, I love this one. <laughs> Can Emily paint the Hank bag? <laughs> and Emily says, maybe for a good amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> and so Thomas, you know what to do. Aliza says she's going to be back for him. Yeah. We could just springboard off of what we just said about Herschel and Maggie settling it. Well, I guess what that made me think of was the relationship between Negan and Ginny right now, too. I mean, someone had speculated. I had read it somewhere. I don't remember where now. But I oh, yes. You said a podcast had said, mm-hmm. wasn't it Sharon D who said a podcast okay. had said that, that Negan had killed Negan had her killed father? Ginny's dad. So we find that out in this episode. I mean, obviously she's pretty pissed, but. But her dad wasn't a random hand. A fran- <laughs> I was gonna say fran- French hand. He wasn't a random ranch hand. He was the ma- he was either the magistrate, or one of the four, or one, one of the four man. guys. Yeah. Or was right. he though? Okay, so this is what ah, I wrote. This is you. what I wrote in my notes. I don't know that Negan did kill her dad. This is a classic Harry and the Hendersons. Okay, okay. you've got yeah, to explain that because that is an old so, ass reference, Bridget. Harry and the Hendersons, which if you haven't seen it, please just go watch it because it's great. It's about it really a is. Bigfoot that's found by a family <laughs> and they love him and they take him in. Now that yeah. you're saying it though isn't it ridiculous at the end obviously you can't keep a bigfoot in your house he's destroying everything and he's eating all of your food so Mm -hmm. they have to get him out because also there's scientists that are looking to find harry so that they can test him which is not going to be scientists So they're going to take him out to the woods. So they take him back where they found him. And then John Lithgow plays the dad, which is just great casting. And then there's this whole scene at the end. And it is very sad where he is yelling at Harry and he's like throwing like rocks at him to get him to leave. And he's like, go on, get out of here. We don't love you anymore. It's very dramatic. Just like that. And then Harry's very sad and he's like, but he's a Bigfoot. So he doesn't talk. So he's like, hmm. And then he like walks away, but he keeps looking over his shoulder, like back, like it's so like sad. a dog who just got yelled at. It's yeah. Super sad. So that I think that's what was happening. Negan definitely killed her dad. And why do we know that? Because of the six episodes that you can watch with commentary from the actors. Oh, okay. You have to explain that though <laughs> they a little bit. Everything. I didn't know there was commentary until you just mentioned it. Either the last episode, or, or did you mention it during our live stream? I think like right after the last episode. I don't know. I'm always just searching through AMC Plus yeah. and it 
was like binge the whole season with commentary. And that's something I used to be obsessed with, with DVDs. So I immediately binged the whole series <laughs> with commentary. So what was it that they had mentioned in the JDM, commentary? He doesn't quite say the words, I killed her dad. But what he says is in that moment, Negan knows that he does nothing but speak the truth. And in that moment, he's basically hoping that she can forgive his truth one day. Mm. There's a While bigger indicator. Her away. Right. right, right. There's a bigger truth to that in that talk about things that link symmetry and things that link back to the first episode, let's say. This is a hard thing to watch, but when he's holding Ginny and she's constantly going back to him, she's trying to speak, she's going back to him, she's hugging him. And it's kind of like the, that that line that he yells to Maggie in the boat as they're heading up to Dead City. He goes, how many fathers and husbands have you killed? And it's a, a weird way of phrasing people, but he's very yeah. specific in when he says husbands and fathers have you killed. And that's the thing that's been tormenting him. And it goes to the song, uh, Oh, Hang Me, Oh, Hang Me by Dave Van Ronk. Well, the song's about basically, I'm a doomed man. Even if what I did was justified, who does it affect? I killed someone's father. It's like this: when you save someone's life, you're responsible for it. Mm -hmm. It's it's a similar situation. You did the thing and now what? Now what? You're a doomed man, but now what do you do with the time you have left? A man who's remorseful wants to make up for the, for the act that wasn't intentional, but I'm, I'm taking care of Ginny anyway. I'm, I'm stepping up to do the right thing. It actually goes to Freyan's comment. He says, Negan's not the stepdad, but he's this dad that stepped up. I love that comment, Freyan. Thank and you. And I feel like it's kind of what he knows he would have done for Herschel had both parents been lost for some reason. I love that so much. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. And you see that. Oh, I got I got Herschel a little gift, uh, mama. You know, like like he's not married to me. What is he, Elvis? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's the Fonz. Remember what, what? Lucille said? Why is he Here's the Deacon? king all of a sudden? Like, what just happened? Hey, little mama. I got, I got our not kid, not kid a gift. You know, like, okay. he's not with her. He's just like trying to pretend like he is. Classic Fonz. Anyway. What? Not really. You're jumping the shark. Like, literally right now. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't know what that is, I suggest you watch all we of We don't Happy need to days. explain that. Yeah. That's Happy Days is a series you need to watch and the Fonz is on it. So that's it. But we're talking about a different show. Series. So anyways, yeah, I mean, who knows what I'm referencing? But anyway, you get what David. I'm trying to say. You get what I'm trying to say. Walking Dead Eternal. Hi. First of all, I just thought Negan said that to Ginny to hi. just scare her. And well, let's take a poll. Do you really quickly at the end of the day, after saying all this, do you think Negan had killed her father? And it makes sense that it would be the case. But. It makes sense. Yes, I do. I do because yeah. what we know about Negan is he doesn't lie. He's a liar. So mm -hmm. that's true. If he wanted to push her away, he wouldn't have done it by lying. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm angry about grave. it. His right. only yeah. lie was, "You're just a debt I had. I yeah. had to repay." Mm. That but was, even that's not a lie. I mean, not a lie. Right? I feel like maybe that's what it was in the beginning. So no, it wasn't a lie but either. Not just that. Yeah, it became right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not just mm -hmm. Rachel. Okay. So Lois, hi Lois, what's up? Hey Lois. David constantly Lois. laughing. I love you. Walking Dead Journal says, Arr! "Okay." David Crumb says, "Fanboying." <laughs> Lois says, "No." She just says, <laughs> "No." <laughs> to what? Lois? The reason David's head is so big. She says Stop. no to your Stop question. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Jeez. Listen, you're always context after removed. Lois. Okay. Uh, Emily says, yes, really did kill her father. Okay. I love Lois. Lois knows it. I hope. Anyway, uh, Thomas is like, can we not talk about sharks? He's very triggered by sharks. <laughs> Negan didn't kill. Negan, he's still in the camp of Negan didn't kill her father. Really? Surprising. I wanted to point out in Negan's story about what happened to Jenny, how whatever state her father was in when she found him was so horrific that she 
she never spoke again. And Negan did that. Yeah. And you know what else? Okay. I'm willing to say even this far that yes, of course, he killed her father. And in a brutal way, as befitting someone who does something so horrific to his wife, etc. Right, yeah. right, whatever. But I think that scares him. I think having done that has scared him. And I think seeing the real world effect of not only having done that to traumatize her to the point where she can't speak, that's the thing that makes him want to take care of her. Yeah. Right? Because you notice that when she starts speaking, he's a little bit angry. <laughs> Oh, okay. Now you want to talk? <laughs> now you want to talk? I mean, if you talked earlier, I would have just left you with somebody earlier, right? Because, well, like, part of that was the more I'm she kidding. talks, the less he's going to want to send her away. Yeah. Mm. Okay, Bridget. Touche. That's what it is. Oh. That's why he's I know like, it. nope, I know. shut it down. Yeah. Shut it yep. down. Uh, shut that shit down. Oh, anyway. And I'm going, let her talk. Let her finish. I was like, all we got was, <laughs> I want you to. Yeah, that's what we want. That's not what Negan wants right now. <laughs> So can we go to those words? What do you think she was about to say to him? I want you to what? Or is I want, it, I want you leave. to I want I you want to leave you to with me. Yeah. Come yeah. Oh, Why did yeah. that not occur to me? <laughs> I because here this is the thing. Okay, let me give you context to why I feel, feel this way is because in the last episode, the last thing she scribbles on the wall is liar. And all I've been thinking about as I'm writing this blog is this lie, this lie that keeps persisting that Brad, Maggie feels she has to say to justify her actions. The little lies she has to add on to make it even sweeter. Like, oh, Negan. And he's just helping me. And also the Croat stole all our grain. Like he has to build it up to like make it solid. Like this lie has to be solid. Anyway, so I thought she was about to say, I want you to kill Maggie or something. Like I want you to, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking, I kill want you her. to leave. I didn't think of that. I'm like, because I'm, I, I, we don't know who she is. We don't know the kind right. of person she is. We know that she cares for Negan. She, we know that she is attached to him, but that's about it. We don't know what her murder motivations are. We know she, that she thinks Maggie's alive and is not to be trusted. And she so said that was she wanted to mind. say, I want you to know she's got my damn stuffy. That's kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Love it. I want you to get my dinosaur back. <laughs> I want you to slap that. And she bitch. got it back at the end of the day, too. So she yeah. is keeping Negan's promise of please take care. Again, second time he says that above all else. I wanted to see her wake up and be like, no, this bitch was in my room and be all pissed <laughs> off that like, Maggie came in there. You know what's going to happen is Herschel and Jenny are going to get together and yep. Jenny's going to tell Herschel all about what a liar his mom is and how <laughs> she gave up Negan for him. Uh, yeah, she, Maybe the it's going to be. Worse. I know my mom sucks. Maybe <laughs> yeah. the two of maybe the two of them are going to team up and they're going to be like, "We're going to go save Negan," and then they'll inevitably and then they die trouble. in the prize. Right? In the oh, how Romeo yes. and Juliet of them. Ugh. Maybe Ew. her finally Ew. speaking is going to be her telling Herschel about her stepdad Negan and all the good stuff he did before, right after he murdered her. Father. <laughs> But you know what? Jenny may not really believe that either. Yeah. Once she calms down, she'll be like, oh, no, he was just telling me that to make me leave. You know, like, I, so she may not even really believe that. I think he I think he did it, though. Oh, yeah, I do, too. And I, I too. also think that he doesn't want to explain why, because then he has to tell her that her dad's a piece of shit. Right. 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 We can't forget. Like, <laughs> yes, he did kill these men, but it sounded justified, which yeah. means, yeah. yeah, Jenny's dad is a piece of shit. And as we were saying yeah. before the show, uh, with reference to Game of Thrones. Not absolute power, but power corrupts. And maybe he was a decent dad behind the scenes, but he was not a decent person with power. And why expose even Cersei, who was the worst person in the world, loved her children. To her children. Mm -hmm. Until the very end, to her children, she was great. Right. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. 
Beautiful. Okay, so Lois says she wanted him to leave with her because she know what Maggie's up to. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I want to go to Ginny for one second because they didn't have to include the scene when Pearlie and Ginny reach the shores. But as they reach the shores, she looks over and I don't know what she's thinking when she looks at the shores. She's obviously thinking of Negan. But at the same time, you pair that with the fact that she leaves his flannel in Pearlie's car. I thought there was going to be like a note in it because she doesn't talk, but I mean, she's old enough to know how to write. I thought he was going to find a note mm. in a pocket. Oh. And that's interesting. Pearly is going to yeah. find a note in a pocket. Mm-hmm. Wow, what an elaborate thought. I love it. Not, not occurred to me. That was a pretty tiny little piece of dock that they used to float all the way back over <laughs> across the, the river. That at, they were talking at about? night. Yeah, at night on the dock. <laughs> on this it's kind of like the cooler, isn't it? Cooler. It looked much bigger in the brochure. Yeah, well, it. <laughs> Just so you know, the floating dock is made of little set pieces of dock. How did Maggie and Herschel get back across the river? They took coolers. Clearly. Well, no, well, Clearly. well, of course, the Croat, not the Croat, whatever this group is, who knows what the frick, they, the Burazi, I don't know. But obviously they have the means to get to and from the island. So they probably gave her some oh, way yeah. of getting across. So how that was, I'm not really interested in. They, also waste a little time. <laughs> Emily said they grew mermaid tails. <laughs> uh-huh. anyway. uh, Shauna says, do you think it's it was left a good enough cliffhanger? I love what we've set up. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I love the Herschel piece. Wouldn't more necessarily than call else. it a cliffhanger, though. Like, <sighs> right? No, I wouldn't call it that. But for lack of a better word, but maybe they weren't guaranteed the second season until more recently. And then you would want to write it enough that it's not like, oh my gosh, they wrote a horrible cliffhanger, and now I'll never know. <laughs> like so many well, shows. If mm. that was the case, then they should have written a much bigger blast of a finale. Hmm. Giant zip line across the Hudson River. Okay, I'll, I'll buy yeah, that one. Thomas. I'll accept that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll accept anything. Right, Thomas? Do we think season two will be longer? And do we think we will meet Joshua? Joshua Smith, Negan's son. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's take a step backwards. When you see Negan is basically held captive by the Dama or else. The Dama will take more of Herschel, let's say. Whatever. I love the idea that, thank goodness he sent, assuming this is true, Annie and Joshua away. Mm. Because had they stuck around, they they too would have been fodder for the Dama, let's say. Because the Croats been looking for him for a very long time. And it's just very interesting and just a thank goodness. Who's to say that won't be a factor in the next season? Because the Dama could find out from Herschel, even, that he had a wife and son. Because he'd met them, yeah. Right. Or yeah. The, at least the yep. mother, yeah. Yeah, Annie. During season 11. Yeah. Was it, she um, might know right now. Yeah. So that could be, they oh, could come into play I next love season. It. I love it. Oh, that's incredible. Uh, Rachel LeMaster on Facebook says, I like how they did their faces at the end. Yes. We talked mm-hmm. about that a little earlier, but I'm so glad people like that. There was another shot that was really cool. It was their shadows. Their shadows were really long across the ground. And it was just really, it was just a really, really cool shot. They were running across the roof or something, but it was just a, a really oh, cool as shot. As they were looking for the Croat driving right. past. Okay. Right, as I think I think that was what it was, but it was just a really cool oh. shot of their shadows. Uh, it was just neat. It's just another cinematography. Also, the same thing when they ran through that empty building. Yeah, man, that was beautiful. That mm-hmm. was amazing. Do you know what that empty building was and why it's so interesting? It's the Staten Island Ferry, which you used to get to 
Staten Island, but it's what most people use to see a good shot of the Statue of mm. Liberty. Okay. Mm. But what's really great about that is in recent years, the Staten Island Ferry was rehabbed. Okay. So the outside is like more space, modern like. But what they showed us in this episode was, of course, the fall happens in 2008, nine. I know we say mm. eight because of Walking Dead World Beyond. And here's Negan. But that I don't think that had happened. And I will confirm in the blog that I don't think that rehab happened until after that date. So what it showed you for the Staten Island Ferry was the old pre-refab of the of the exterior, which was sort of on the money. And I think that might have been filmed in New Jersey also, where they put some of the old, you know, like facsimiles of what that looked like in the front. So I thought that was pretty cool. For when me. they ran through that room, the interior, they just framed that in a beautiful, it was framed beautifully yeah. too. It was, again, so many good shots. Cinematography mm. has never been a problem in this, in this universe. It is always fantastic. Choice. Choice. I, I didn't say it, Bridget. I didn't say it this time. Yuck. <laughs> I wanted to, of course, talk about the fight. Between Maggie and Egan. Yeah. Okay. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. And here's why. There were complaints. Oh, it's not realistic. Blah, blah, blah. Negan at no point wanted to hurt Maggie. It was a fight of him getting away from her basically so that he wouldn't have to hurt her because she's trying to hurt him. That being said, I thoroughly enjoyed watching Maggie fly. <laughs> I think Maggie likes Man, we got I think, some, sorry. I think Lauren liked some that Some Maggie too. haters going on in here. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay, too. I have a question for you guys about that scene actually. So at the beginning of this season, we set up that Maggie is afraid of heights. Mhm. Yeah, okay. you get to see a little oh, of that too. Yeah. So you get to see a little bit of she's like kind of trepidatious like when she turns around, like when she goes over the banister, you see her like pause for a second. It's so cautious too as she's doing it too. Yeah. But I was just curious because it seems like uh, personally as someone who is afraid of heights, I would have a really hard time even walking that. I would be like on my hands and knees like scooting across like there's no I think for way. the sake of time I think I think Maggie would have done that but I think for the sake of time they had to kind of move the scene along. So I was just curious do you think that she is actually afraid of heights? I'm afraid even to step on a step stool or what? yeah like when I get on a step stool I get like uh, I'm very afraid of heights. Not like or, the first rung right? No like, like, like a the couple. second third. Okay okay. That's when I start to I get scared. You. Or is it a fear of such high buildings because she was so high up the first time because she grew up in a rural area and when I went to the Sears Tower for the first time I wanted to die. Oh, so. I'm from here man and I can't handle the heights either. A lot. You know, I have been up many a building in Manhattan and I, I can't handle it. Sears Tower? Fainted. Almost fainted. I mean I'm getting better at this shit but I'm still not good at it. So I was just I still curious, have to hold my wife's hand thought, like a child. If you thought... <laughs> Thought, I'm serious. Is it a fear of heights or is and she powered through it or is it just fear of huge building heights? I would have been afraid of just falling off into the walkers below and I forget the height part. I would have been cautious too, regardless. I, she just didn't seem very cautious to me. Well, she was in a hurry. She was fueled <laughs> by... She was determined. She Exactly. She was Boom. fueled it by was Herschel. determination to okay. get Herschel. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. she's still always fueled by her rage and anger towards Negan. Yeah, she has her plan. She <laughs> <laughs> stick to it right yeah it's it's always been about what she had planned out and what she decided to commit to for the devil let's say and walking to eternal says the fight between Mag- maggie and negan was good what scared me about it was i thought negan stabbed maggie in the neck thank goodness but she, maggie i lo- the choreography in that scene is actually pretty good all the mm-hmm. different moves maggie was was trying to strike mm-hmm. in the way she was trying to strike negan of course negan at his a game would have not let that happen he would have just knocked her the f- out exactly but to your point yeah I, that wasn't his goal Shauna says, I feel like she needed that 
that and it was just a little stab like letting off some steam true she she did hold on to the pillars though walking digital says maggie's the goat just yeah. saying greatest yeah. of all time yeah. for those who don't know why i don't know sean old people <laughs> Sorry. Shauna says, I watched it three times. I only got to watch it twice, but I every single time I find out a different nugget. And David is my cheerleader, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Thomas says, at premiere, Lauren said Maggie is afraid of heights, and Lauren is afraid of heights, which she had said in the second episode. I think I remember right. Rachel Lemaster says, I'm not a fan of heights either, lol. Lois Martin says, fight or flight. I like that. And that's exactly what it is. She's just all fight. Shauna says, she did hesitate and hold the pillar as she went. Shauna says, you could see her stunt double <laughs> though in this episode. You could see <laughs> them all if you look hard yeah. enough to really think about it so these guys are not getting any younger so <laughs> get little cricks in their knee and, and all that stuff why was this the moment maggie chose to attack negan was it because he was starting to figure things out or yes i don't feel like yes there was a really a plan in motion what was her plan to kill him how was that going right. to serve her plan she just wanted to get the upper hand mm -hmm. so that he she could force him to go which is or disable him. right or yeah when he asked her about jenny he didn't believe what she said oh i just found yeah. her and she, she said, just turned up in the arena she made one mistake yeah three times three yeah. lies that, that he look found he gave her when she said that right yeah right she said she wanted to explain herself and that's when he's like <laughs> Well, she said, I think what? she did. Like, she was making a guess as to... Maybe, uh, yeah, but, I think yeah. she wanted... But she doesn't talk. So no. how? Well, Maggie so had, was speculating <laughs> her reasons. Yeah, That's yeah. why I was like, well, she's lying about the reasons. She knows why she wanted <laughs> right. to... So That's why it was, was like, a trick question that, I know. that so Negan when she asked said her. She wanted to explain herself. I was like, well, that was a mistake. <laughs> No, she yeah. did not. Well, and, and he, it, it's, it's, it's important to remember context too. Megan, Negan has gutted people for less like Spencer, let's yeah. say, but he, he gives Maggie three opportunities to correct the record. There's three different lies that she, she tells that he's sus on. And the third lie was just like, what, what the, <laughs> what is going on here? I'm giving you three chances. She would have maintained to have the upper hand for longer <laughs> if she would have been more true. If she would have just been truthful. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is exactly what Negan says. I would have helped you regardless. He was giving her that look and it looked like he was getting ready to like be like, fuck this. Yeah. Her face maybe, said it maybe. all too. Yeah. Like she yeah. has no poker face whatsoever. <laughs> She's like, um, uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm gonna stab you now. Yo! Like <laughs> so legit though, isn't it though? Like, don't you know people like that that can't lie for shit? Yeah. yeah. Maggie's and had a lot think of, of who, where she's at. My notes say, why was her effing face so obvious with that right? last lie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's they're so close to the prize and she's just so tired and so stressed out that she just is having trouble keeping the facade up anymore. Like mm -hmm. so much has happened from the last right. episode. Well, she's dude. still kind of still kind of yeah. strung out, but <laughs> lack of sleep overnight. <laughs> they're hungry. They're tired. Yeah. She's stressed out. She's worried. She couldn't keep it on point anymore. Yeah, I, I refer you back to something that that Teo had said, Teo Rap Olson, who played Sebastian Milton, who we interviewed several times, it seems like. But he he had said, like, imagine being in this world and 24-7, your heartbeat is pounding. There's no TV. To, there may be a book or two that you can read post-apocalypse. There's not, And these walkers don't sleep. Now take that and crank it up to about 100 times that for Maggie, someone who's lost her child, someone who's lost everything and everybody and having her child kidnapped and having to figure out what to do in that constant state of stress and cortisol 
amping her up and she's she's trying she can't sleep every time she sleeps she thinks about the the lineup and so she's not getting any sleep she's not she's not her best self and given all that she's still a badass in my eyes i wouldn't I give think. maggie a dragon either <laughs> <laughs> no for dragons for maggie <laughs> no. No. hashtag no dragons for maggie i wrote down she's always trying to fight a guy and she's super tiny this isn't a bad thing i'm saying about maggie with the reaper she got her ass kicked every single time and got right back up and continued the fight because she is so determined and so badass no matter how I feel about her and you know that's one thing that has continued with Maggie that I do appreciate about her she's like a little dog going up against the big dog she doesn't know Mm -hmm. how small she is so she just goes at it even though the big dog could like chomp her in one bite I mean (laughs) isn't she honey badger don't care Maggie's a honey badger (laughs) she takes out like some of the biggest predators and you know what accurate and consistent which I like at the end of the day with help she got the upper hand on the reapers and took them out savagely mm-hmm. and you know gabriel opening the door right <laughs> but then like she just went right through it and just bow, bow, bow. goodbye washington i mean poor washington i got a thing for the savage ladies right i love maggie i know i know do but i think like, she's right all the time no i don't think she's right all no. the time but rick wasn't right she's all the time a badass, not right all the time carol's not right all the time just oh, want to say that no, not at all but it depends on who's on the screen with Maggie. I've never really been like, oh, I'm a Maggie fan. But there's times when I'm kind of rooting for her, depending on who she's like up on Fair the screen enough, with. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I feel like once Glenn was killed and she had the baby, her storyline kind of just went a different way. Mm-hmm. She couldn't really be the physical go out there and slay everybody badass. Became more of a leader. Yeah. Like right. a politician, right? Delegating with Rick and all that. Yeah. Her character arc changed a little bit. She became, I was going to say it say xander but she became gregory in a sense but like a better guy gregory way better way better gregory yeah but just like gregory she kind of neglected her duties after a while and fell to jesus right so her anger has been festering for a long time because we did see she was able to be a politician she was able to lead and this was all after glenn died she was able to do these things rationally and over the years her anger has just sat inside of her and festered this whole time and it is just eating away at her and yes on one hand and she's become more of a warrior and everything but I mean she's also unraveling a little bit in a very unpredictable and dangerous way I think a lot of that unraveling though is due to how Herschel is behaving towards her and yes he's just being a teenager blah 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 but I think it goes a little further than that he's being a shithead yeah it's not just being a teenager well he's being a teenager in the apocalypse too when his mom came and, and got him he and she hugged him he didn't even hug her back like yeah. he just stood there what is he fucking brand stark come on <laughs> we're not in an apocalypse and my son doesn't even do that <laughs> so well when was but rachel when was the last time he was kidnapped <laughs> <laughs> well, well by the by the croat I think Herschel <laughs> has Stockholm Syndrome. I was going to say that earlier, so thank you for bringing that up. Let me drop something that I wrote in my notes to open up this conversation a little bit more. At the end of the day, Herschel was right. Herschel's been brainwashed, maybe, and the Croat has gotten worse over time. Instead of killing kids, he's using them as a resource. He's recruiting wait, them. Yeah, moved on from killing kids to using them. People are a resource. Now wait, does Herschel feel as though he single-handedly handled his mother's Negan problem, in a sense, for all the ways she was trying to revenge Negan, having been captured, you know, having been used as this pawn, does he feel in a way that because they kept him safe, let's say the Croat and all his people, but wore the Dama, do you think that they made him 
actually feel safe. Meaning I am the safest with these people who have all this might when Maggie has been trying so hard and could never. I'm thinking about the before times when they're on their own, the pregnant limbless bodies, all the the horrible stories that Maggie and he undoubtedly endured on the road, plus losing all the Meridian people that Herschel himself had formed friendships with. If you see the 10C episode, 1017, which is called Welcome Home, I think it was called or something like that. So with all of that, he never felt safe too. And he puts this on his mom, like you said, like a shithead. But does he feel like in a sense he doesn't have to? He's like, F you, I, I did it myself. I got rid of your killer. Now what, mom? Are you going to finally see me now? Do you think he feels that, that, that sense of like, I did? I did that. I got your killer. I got my dad's killer. When you all this time you've been trying to get get at him, trying to get your revenge. What do you, do you think that that some of that is in his attitude? I I didn't get that. I vibe. didn't get that at all. I didn't get that. No. The, re- I, the reason it was more I- that he wanted he wants the attention from his mother over her attention is well, what it is. Right, but as a mechanism to get. But that, I don't like think he's he, like. Okay. I don't think he felt like he delivered Negan at all. He didn't do anything except get kidnapped. So <laughs> incidentally, <laughs> well, because I think he feels like. I mean, he says Connie says it. He says. I felt safer when I was with them. So in a sense, like, does he feel like he's on their side? I mean, kind of feels like it. And yeah, if that's but I the think case, he has Stockholm syndrome. That's why. He, no, no. And that's true. But like, it still doesn't change the fact that he might feel like he can take the W, right? I don't think so. From, from I, don't, I don't think mm-hmm. so. And maybe he can get both things. He can get this family and he can get his mom back, let's nah, say. I don't know. I don't think so. All right, I don't guys, think that's what I have was. so, so much more to say, but I don't have time to say at all. I have to work tomorrow and it's super late. Do you want to drop a big nugget that we can talk about before you go yeah i could drop a big nugget and then just leave dip out on that. <laughs> not the biggest bomb this episode <laughs> i'm so scared why am i scared to say this why are you scared to say it just say it everybody knows how i feel about negan this this whole series didn't change how i feel about negan whatsoever i was neutral about maggie going through all all the seasons and everything she didn't bug me but you know i wasn't rooting for her either but this last episode i i don't like maggie at all (laughs) i don't like her at all oh man just so many parts of this episode made me dislike maggie so much good night Okay. That's a good question. <laughs> Love you, Rachel. Okay. Love you I want you to think Goodbye. about this though before you go. Love you. Is this maybe a situation where you hate in others what you hate in yourself sort of situation? Like you would do the same thing? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yup. <Quite. laughs> <Yeah>, <laughs> But I mean, I think you all know me well enough. Generally, when I despise someone like this, in this way, it's the parenting. It all. It. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it comes down to for me. She's a fighter. She's a warrior. She can hold her own. She's got that down. Everything else. And if we had more time to discuss it, I might be able to back myself off this ledge a little bit. But I just that's it, okay. Yeah. After let this that episode, ring out. After this episode, you I'm like, everybody. I'm like, you know what? Just let Herschel stay with the Croat. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll get your thoughts after Rachel leaves. I have so Good night, many Rachel. Rachel's the kind of person right. to give someone a souvenir Look. for their kidnapping. So there's that. <laughs> Love you guys. Love you, Rachel. Well, bye. Thank you for bye. sticking around as much as you have. Of course. Bye. So many things to say off of that. It also ties into a little bit of what we were saying earlier. I just wanted to say Maggie was never a nice person. When her and Glenn were I like doing their thing, like I didn't find her to be a nice person. And I didn't find her to be a character that I was like, oh, I love her. Now, when she slapped Shane, I was all for it. When she told off Andrea, yes, because I hated those two. But I never was really like, oh, 
I love her. It was a few moments like when they were at the prison and she like got a good walker kill in and she turned around like, oh my God, did you see that? I loved that moment. And she brings me to tears every time I watch the episode where Beth dies. But I just never thought she was a nice person. Did you think she was a good person? I thought she was a good person. That okay. doesn't mean she wasn't a good person. She just wasn't a nice person. I don't really think it's I'm, good to qualify I'm that some much of a sometimes. nice person. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? So she's been pissing me off since she got back. Archeron part one. Was it? Yeah, it was Asheron part Asheron one. Asheron yeah. part one. Well, actually, no, she 17, came, yeah, she came back still. in season 10. But, 10. Oh, yes, yeah. she did. Well, so, you but know, still. I was happy to see her in that episode. And then right after that... <laughs> She's been like pissing me off constantly. So I get what Rachel's saying this episode. She pissed me off so bad. The lies is pointless. I've been saying from the beginning that Negan would have helped her knowing the absolute truth from the beginning. But can she rely on that? Does she think she can rely on that? Because she, what's at stake is her child's life, basically. So can she put her trust in Negan enough to trust that he would go along with this? That's fair. In his detriment? Because as far as he knows, they want to kill him and torture him. So, I mean, I get what you and Rachel are saying, but I can see that she's she's just trying to navigate this too. This is not something she's used to having to deal with. When nobody, I mean, <laughs> should she's, have to deal she's with. She's just ever. stumbling her way through, just like every, just like anybody else would. Yeah, I, I have the most sympathy for Maggie, though. At the end of the day, honestly, it's like you're watching someone drown, and she's using Negan as a life preserver. Eventually, tossing it back into the sea, essentially. So, if you want to boil down the, the premise, is that instead of using the thing, taking it on board, letting somebody else have it, she takes the pontoon tosses it back and sees so nobody can use it if you look at it it's kind of the opposite of what michonne does with, when it comes to virgil she gets kidnapped she gets drugged virgil makes her go through this experience which i mean what virgil was saying was oh i was trying to give you a gift but at the end of the day it was a nightmare but it taught her a lesson at the end of the day he she says to him as long as you draw breath you can do good in this world and that's why she said it's, it's the same premise as negan in a sense like you're useful in as much as that you're in prison but at least you're useful in that regard this is what we do we're just society. And so the opposite with Maggie is true here. I'm not only going to use you, I'm going to throw you away so you can't do good for anybody else, let's say. I'm going to end this now. So it's just, it's a very interesting way to see that situation too. I wasn't a huge Magnan throughout the main series. I didn't dislike her. She was just one of those middle, middle of the road characters for me. She did things that I liked and that was cool. But when she came back and in, in especially in uh, Atron and throughout those episodes from Atron on, man, I was totally more invested in Maggie than I was. In By the way, we, I should correct the record she came back in 1016 to save right from right, the tower. right right now what was it about her in season 11 that really got you about her she's I, I, it's just her independence and her badassery especially like you said taking out the reapers and all that shit like that was awesome like she just yeah. just bang 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 boom we're done you know that was it was great right it was a tough road too for that whole and her whole 11a did not have to die but she just does not want to listen to anything and they died why who does that sound like rick rick maybe <laughs> yeah yeah and you know what that's fine that's fine let me let me read some comments though in the meantime shauna says glenn needed a wife that could remind him how important he was talking about him being volunteered for every dangerous job mm, yeah mm -hmm. i hate how maggie feels held to a higher standard agree actually shauna says i like the above in the chat no i i can't agree to kira about being a nice person i think no uh, it was way before that rachel masters says negan has kept herschel safe before yeah it's true and herschel did not like it <laughs> that he had to like it. Shauna says, Maggie's not my favorite by any stretch of the imagination, but she was needed and we have to have neutral people who are there to do for others, to themselves, because in this scenario, it's realistic. Lois says, I think I felt sorry for her also. I think he deserves whatever he gets. Are you talking about Negan? Oh, wow. 
what Shauna says. I think the problem with Maggie is her straddling independence versus selfishness. (sighs) I think to her, it might be both. I wanted to talk about what Maggie must have seen when it came to finally looking at the Statue of Liberty too. After her son says he doesn't feel seen. Like what was all this for? Because I always saw Maggie as more of like a liberator also. Someone who could lead people to a better, more promising future. Maybe something that Glenn maybe gave her also or had shown her over time that she could be. And so when she's looking at the Statue of Liberty, I was thinking of what it says on there and it's a small bit of what's in Emma Lazarus's poem. You know, give me your tired, your poor. When you think about it, she's looking at the Statue of Liberty, some allusions that Negan had said earlier about going there and having that as a souvenir. And I keep thinking to myself, she's looking at that statue. She's looking at the remnants of the kind of person she wanted to be. The kind of person that Herschel says she is strayed far from. And that at some point you kept trying to hold on to everything that you had. And what he exactly says is something like, she says this to him at the end. She says, I tried so hard to hold on to whatever I had. I didn't really sort of appreciate it while while I had it. Because people die. We can't stop that. But while they're alive, we can try to thrive. I know she's been going from one tragedy to, to the next, but at the same time, you let your tragedies define who you are. Does that make sense? You let your tragedy define who you ended up becoming rather than in spite of your tragedies becoming who you wanted to be, who Glenn maybe showed you the person that you could be or who you were for at least a time until Negan was taken out of his his cell and you left the show. (laughs) Lauren Cohen. When we watched the episode, she was saying about the world taken from her. Bridget said she was talking about also before the apocalypse, but after the apocalypse, the world took from everybody. Mm. And oh, right. Something we'd said like, oh, people die. Get over it. Right. Right. And (laughs) it was when we were talking about crazy Rick after Lori died. It's like, hello, Rick. Everybody's lost somebody. Yeah. Carol didn't go crazy when she lost her daughter and her husband. Not as crazy as you did. Well, well, there's a difference between somebody and everybody, too. And that's that's a lot for somebody. Oh, I tell you, I mean, after after rewatching Game of Thrones here lately, I see a lot of parallels between Maggie and Daenerys, really. Yeah. Like self-made, right? Somebody who Mm -hmm. was self-made, who tried to charter her own someone who's trying to be a leader, but loses everybody she has, everybody she knows, everybody who cares about her or she trusts, except for one child. She has one child left. So, I mean, I see a lot of parallels there. Wow. Maggie Targaryen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Shauna says, no, she turned straight selfish. She said she only cared about Glenn Herschel's senior, Beth and Herschel Jr. There have been so many people that have been there for her, helped to protect her and truly care, but only those people mattered knowing others still alive. I think you can't name all the people you love, but I mean, I think it's important to at least mention the people who, you know, who are, who are your, actually, your actual family too. But I, I I take your point. I mean, the point still stands. Like she still is being selfish. She still is living in her tragedy rather than seeing the big picture because Negan says it. If you had asked, I would have done it. I would have done it for you. And if it didn't work, I would have, sub- I think he, you tell me if this is the case. I think Negan almost says as much as saying this because at any point in time when he's in the ambulance with the Croat and even in the bank vault, I felt like he could have taken the knife from Maggie and stabbed every motherfucker Mm -hmm. in there. But instead, he gingerly, almost as if to illustrate, when she finally sees Herschel and they're about to do the prisoner exchange, he's the one who gingerly kind of like Finch does to Dwight in Fear the Walking Dead. He gingerly takes the knife away from his, his neck and puts it down. Stops there. We're going to get this done, Maggie. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this. I think he would have submitted himself willingly if have. their plan had not worked. If they had actually worked on a plan that would have worked. I loved that particular moment. Yeah. She was just so, I, I I guess it was the same. It was like the same thing after she saw the, not Herschel Walker. Yes. And, and she just had this, she just couldn't, she was paralyzed. She was paralyzed with relief. Yeah. And she just couldn't yes. function and he had to do 
it for her. And I really loved, I loved that little touch. Good night, Thomas. Such a, Thank you for good coming. Good night, Thomas. Oh, Thomas says, okay, I'm out. Peace out. Yay, Maggie. Yay, Negan. Final thought. What happens now that there is no piggy to go? Wee, wee, wee all the way home. Well, interesting question. Too bad you're not going to be here to find out. Maybe you'll watch the rewatch. Maybe you won't. <laughs> Who cares? Thomas, thank you so much for being here. Always. Really. I was thinking about Rachel pinpointing Maggie's parenting. I feel like possibly she could be thinking some of the things I am. I've never thought Maggie was a bad parent. I actually think she did a great job at keeping Herschel safe. To me, this is the first horrible thing to happen for him to be taken from her for whatever amount of time and whatever happened to him while he was gone. But her paranoia and anger and rage and whatever else is going on created this feeling within Herschel that he could never be safe with her because she never felt safe as long as Negan is out there probably. And it's kind of like learned behavior, isn't it? Yep. Herschel himself feels unsafe. Mm-hmm. And even if it's just perceived, right? If Maggie's perceiving a constant threat, mm-hmm. that translates to Herschel. And maybe and he's basically saying, what else was, What else am I supposed to think? But when I'm with them, oh, I didn't feel like there was a threat. It was you that made me feel that way. And the second I was away from you, finally, I didn't feel that threat. To springboard off of that, we should say that the scene with Pearly, and I'm not sure what to call this woman who leads the New Babylon Federation at the capital city of New Babylon. Let's know. just call her. Let's like just call her Smokey because president she got the cigar going. <laughs> She's Smokey. The scene with she and he, she and Pearly, pairs very well with the scene with Negan and, and the Dama. At the end of the day, yes. both of them don't want to imbibe. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I mean, Negan drinks, but he likes gin. But he doesn't doesn't want the brandy. He doesn't want the brandy. Just like Pearly does not want the smoke. But at the end of the day, they take it anyway. They get along to get on because they are feeling something is in the wind. It's not the first time we've compared Pearly to Negan as well. No, I, like what they feel like they have to do. Well, I loved both of those scenes. I thought they were both great. This did give me enough that I felt good about this as a season finale. Um, that was your second thing. Basically. Yeah, because with Pearly, with the whole the new Babylon is tell me more about this methane. I was like, oh my god yeah <laughs> this woman is horrible plus yeah. she threatens his family it's not a threat you can't you can't prosecute me it's not it's, I wasn't really threatening you too bad you didn't bring him back we could have hung him out as a as a reminder exactly. an which I was like oh yeah. great what's gonna happen when you find out he's alive he's- and yeah and it pairs well again because the Dama says what is politics if not performance and true to form I mean hanging him out would have been a great example of a performance of our a demonstration of our just system but what I like most about that is that it makes both Sharendy and I write about the intentions of New Babylon Federation, which is I was very surprised at. Well, I had said there's no way in hell that New Babylon Federation wouldn't want to keep expanding, keep expanding just because of Trinkolitis Ordinance, moving that aside. But Sharendy was right. There was a resource that New Babylon Federation wanted, and that was the methane. What resource do they have? Uh, Crumbling buildings and cans of expired (laughs) tuna. Right. (laughs) So so I really, I really, really like that they married these two concepts expansion political power and look like all things they still believe in the thing they still believe in the thing you don't want me to talk about but of course if there's an interest that makes it that much sweeter that makes it there gives us a reason to do it so yeah we're fucking prognosticators (laughs) anyway they've been looking for negan to help them basically fight new babylon right so let's talk about that what i just where do we even begin with that okay but here's my question because new babylon is stupid here's why (laughs) 
Here's why. There's literally the truth about New Babylon. There's literally dead everywhere. Just make your own methane, yeah. you idiots. I was just getting ready to say that. Why don't they get their own walkers and shove them into some sewers and create their own methane? It's like not that hard. I don't think it's it's all about scale, unless and bodies. Unless it's also about time. Because if they've been underground for twelve years, because they said that the army shoved them under there. So if they've been Sealed underground it. for 12, 13, 14 years, that's way more. Well, methane. I was like, I don't there's so much liquid methane it's bubbling out of the storm drains. I don't think it takes drains, that long, right? but it's following our physics, and this is clearly not the same universe because their physics don't. But make I don't it, think it matters, right? If you sense. really think about it, what she's basically saying is, "We want it all back." What Smokey is what she's saying. We'll call her Smokey. <laughs> the actress's name is Jasmine Walker. Thank you, Mitchell. And the character doesn't have a name yet; just new Babylon leader. Okay, so she's Smokey. Smokey. So Smokey, what Smokey wants is she doesn't care. She wants it back. She wants central heating. She wants all. She wants what we had before. But she wants all ice the cream. Political, she, but like without the illusion of justice, this is the opposite of the of the Commonwealth problem. Is like instead of the illusion of safety, and you know maybe the physical walls and whatever, whatever, all that. But it's if you step out of line, we're gonna do some stuff, right? So there's a little bit of a I don't know if I want to live here. See, when it was the Commonwealth, I didn't mind the illusion of safety because it's kind of like our world now. I'm okay with that. But if I step out of line in New Babylon Federation in any way that could be perceived as something unlawful, where they write a code up and then they announce their punishment before they actually do the punishment and there's no trial. I, I don't like that idea. That doesn't seem great to me. I liked ice cream. I like just give me ice. Just give me ice cream as a jumping off point. What do you guys think about in, in a weird way? I like that Negan is there to protect Manhattan <laughs> right from from encroachment. Yeah. Maybe it's a Dave lives in New York thing. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Now. Negan takes Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sharon, get on that. <laughs> but no, but what do you think about that? Like, it's weird that maybe I'm kind of like, okay, I'm afraid that he's going to be the old Negan. But at the same time, this seems wrong. Like if they do get into Manhattan, what happens next with New Babylon Federation? And what they're even saying was, uh, Karat was saying how in the in the ambulance, she predicted that this would create a clash of civilizations. And I don't think it's limited. It's something we said in the last episode. I don't think it's limited to just New Babylon Federation versus whatever this group is called, Barazzi, whatnot. I think it's, we're talking about about like upstate New York. We're talking about CRM. We're talking about whoever's down south. We're talking about a, a lot of civilizations, civilizations that are emerging. The wagon train itself is a symbolization of, of civilizations emerging. Negan sending off Joshua and Annie. So this could be bigger than just this. That's season three, basically. My brain compared this to like him getting out of rehab and he's been out of rehab for a while and now he's like thrown into a situation of being surrounded by drug addicts and he's trying to stay off of drugs. Like somebody who's sober. Yes. Mm. Like she wants wants him so much to go back to being that person that we met that killed Glenn and Abraham. And he's been trying not to be that person. And I think making good strides at not being that person. And now I feel like, how is Maggie going to feel if she does go back for Negan? And then he is that person, but she put him there. I get it. I get what you're trying to say. Yeah. So maybe I shouldn't be rooting for Negan, the protector or the savior. <laughs> like, Because if Maggie is going to go back for him, what does that look the, like? The right? Dama is is, is Martha. She wants Negan to go back to his old clear self. You, right. Yeah. <laughs> You're strong, you, Negan. You can be what you were, what you used to be. 
Wow. Wow. You don't need anybody. Unfortunately, that's not. She's not that unhinged. <laughs> okay. While we're sitting here, the Croats said, for a minute, I thought I could have Negan and the child. I was thoroughly disgusted. Yep. I told you he's pervy. Just thoroughly I was disgusted. also disgusted by the fact that he called them mommy and daddy. Yeah. Oh, what's wrong with him? This is like, be careful. You may not get the hate bang you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what piece of Negan she's going to keep in a little box with a key. She should hook up with June. They could have a lot to talk about. It's true. Digits. They could exchange digits. Okay, fine. Yeah. Okay. 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 It's a good time. Bye, guys. If you you do want to. Bye. Thank you. Bridget. Love you. The Croat said, at first I saw you on the catwalk alone. And for a moment I got excited because I thought, oh, I could have Negan and the child. But wait, it's rife with meaning isn't it because don't they have the child just just kidding i don't have oh he's enough just kidding <laughs> right but maybe that's been part of the dama's end game too that maybe the child that she wants herschel she wants herschel as a kid mm-hmm. so that's that's what i was thinking as well i did make a little note just about how amazing the rundown new york city look i love those shots when they just give us those city shots of everything looking so crappy also i put wtf is on the croat's head laughing crying laughing crying the thing that we saw in the last episode (laughs) yeah goodness i think the only thing i wanted to mention was mozart's die zauberflot which is the magic flute did Mm -hmm. you catch that charity as negan and the crowd are entering the domus you can play my magic flute That's all I could think of. Yes, the story of the magic flute, I'm going to break it down really quickly, is Tamino is a prince lost in a foreign land pursued by a monster. Three ladies, servants of the Night Queen, rescue him, kill the monster, and leave him with a photo of Pamina, the daughter of the Queen of the Night, whom he falls in love with. She's been captured by Sarastro, priest of the sun, and he wants to rescue her. Gifted with a magic flute, bells, and a reluctant birdcatcher, Papagino, he quests, though nothing is as it appears, because it's the Queen of the Night who is evil, not Sarastro, and Sarastro was sheltering Pamino from her mother's clutches. He is given trials to prove his love for Pamina by Sarastro. He completes the trials, but the Queen of the Night arrives to destroy the temple, the Sun Temple. She's the Queen of the Night. Sarastro arrives in time to cast them out, and a new dawn shines on our United Heroes. So, isn't that the story of Dead City in a sense, too? I don't know what it all means in terms of specifically with some of our characters, but the Night Queen is Maggie, the Queen of the Night. What I heard was that Negan's gonna be giving Maggie his magic flute. Where's the eject button? <laughs> Where's the eject button? I can't find you it You should have quit while you were ahead. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> this was a knight who had an original mission that was deceived by the Night Queen, the Queen of the Night, who was Maggie. And he thought it was supposed to be about one thing, but it turned out to be not about another thing. At least the one constant was Pamina. And if that's Ginny, that's fine, but I don't think it's about that, but I think it's about think it's lo- to be loving someone. Or her- right, okay, or Herschel. Right, right. So the, the Croat and the Dama are going to protect her from the evil clutches of night. Mm-hmm. So that may be a question that we should ask, and that's, do you think Maggie might be having a turning point? Meaning, does she turn out to be somebody that might as opposed to hating her by the end of the series, do you think she might turn it around? Or to the magic flute, does she end up going full bore, finishing the job, burying Amos's harmonica? Would that be the, the poetic twist that, remember uh, it takes a monster to make a monster so what if Negan is making her the monster? To the Dama's point too, right? Someone's talent's born out of psychosis. He, that would be the big t- I can, you know what I kept thinking throughout the series about Madison and how they originally wanted her to be the bad guy. And so wouldn't it be something if they stole 
stole, borrowed, was inspired by that idea or plot point. And at the end of it all, she becomes, I don't like it at all. Cause some of us have said on the series, uh, on this episode, really, even that I don't think she's a bad person. I think she can be aggressive. I think she knows what she wants and she will try to get it. She is smart too. But I think what I've discovered from this episode was that she's allowed her tragedy to define her. She had a point in time where she could rise above it. But I think at some point just got away from her. Two things I wrote down. The first one is that the Croat thinks he understands what happened between him and Negan, but he still does not understand what happened. He's thinking that it all came to a head because he disobeyed Negan's orders. In my opinion, it all came to a head because he's the type of person that would torture and kill a 16-year-old girl. Not the disobeying of the orders, but just the type of person he is at his core. Mm. Negan mm. didn't really want that around him. And you he doesn't want I mean? that type of person to exist. Like right. Rapey Davy, right? Right. Exactly. We see the example. Mm -hmm. That, I, you know what? Yeah. Because at first I was kind of like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you're right. I, it's because I disobeyed you. That's, and he did. Right. <laughs> but he does say, and I, I often, I think, just because of the drama between the Dama and he and the Croat, there's a part of me that thinks that if Negan is smart, he could recruit the Croat in such a way to topple the Dama. But I think also, though, because a part of me is sympathetic to the Croat in this weird kind of way, but I think the Dama is wise beyond what she seems. She has to treat him this way. There's this huge difference between Negan and the Dama in that Negan doesn't want somebody like that on this earth. Whereas the Dama says, well, even they're a little useful as long as you know how to channel that. It's the difference between, okay, I can't go that far in pure evil. And so she has to treat the Croat this way because if she doesn't, he will continue down this path of being more horrible. And I, which is something that we've said, if unchecked, he'll keep doing more and more heinous things and evolve. And instead of killing the kids, he'll brainwash them and use them as God, as ninjas behind the scenes. Maybe. Herschel. I don't know. He's drawing all those photos. He's enthralled with the Dama. Mm. So she has to treat him this way and not as a partner either because well, when left unchecked, he'll feel like he can I feel like have power. With Herschel, they have a mole now because I feel like the Dama knows that she she had an effect on Herschel and we had lots of talks. We talked quite mm -hmm. a bit. So I'm thinking that now they have perfect mole inside bricks and that's Herschel. And the perfect pawn for Negan too, simultaneously. She can't tell him that Herschel's the mole, right? But right. she can tell him that I'll just take more and more pieces off him. So and she said he only talked once she got him nice and comfortable. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. I said the right words and made him feel safe enough. Safe, yeah. <sighs> when he felt so, safe to say. The last thing I wrote was that I'm just noticing like Simon, even Sherry and Dwight to a certain point. Now the Croat Negan put all this energy and turns these people into what they think are better versions of themselves. He pulled Croat out of an emotional hole that he probably thought he would never come out of. And he took him into this situation where he felt like he was absolutely nothing. And Negan handed him his most prized possession and allowed him to use it to his advantage to show him that he still had power in him. You know, he's just doing all this stuff for these people. And I'm like, if he would have just put any of that energy in a different direction or in a different individual, like if he we found the right people first, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, was it uh, Judith says to, to Gamma, right, mm -hmm. Mary? Yeah. But isn't that interesting? Think about Negan. 
vegan and how he's a gym teacher or an educator to begin with. He, you still have to do the things. You still have to get whatever, anyway, schooling, whatnot, and to learn how to deal with kids and to whatever the, you have to do as an educator to turn even the roughest kid around, let's say, whatever problems they have at home that they have to, that they end up bringing into school. He tries to see the best in people, let's say, and maybe he's giving them more credit than they deserve, like you said, in a sense, right? He's giving these awful, awful, or people born out of trauma, the tools that they can, like an educator does, the tools that they need to survive in this world and maybe even be a productive member in society. Something that teachers often say in the classroom, we're trying to get you to be a productive member of society. But yeah, he can't help himself though. He can't help himself from trying to do that. I kind of, it's kind of a weird, when the crowd was talking about that, there was it was kind of touching in a way because he is framing it in the way he saw it too, mm -hmm. which is kind of gross anyway. But, but there was something about what Negan was trying to do with all these people. He's trying to give them purpose or that you can have control over your destiny in a sense. I can teach you to be kind of like the Dama does for Herschel. I can teach you to feel like you you can be safe. And so mm -hmm. I, I do li I like what you just said. Does she want Negan to lead or does she want Negan to be the face behind her twisted decision? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's pretty clear she wants Negan to be subservient to her, but she knows all these stories about how he's how he knows how to handle people and how to put people in their place. But I think what she wants is for him to put his tactics into effect to follow through with her orders. What she wants done, but she wants his tactics to do it. Right. I mean, if you follow the Hilltop formula, something we touch on every now and again, we mentioned in this episode, which is the smart thing to do would be to hire your second in command and they get to do all the things and you get the credit like Jesus did for Maggie, like Tara did for Jesus after her. Yeah. Wouldn't it be something if you could just sit back and watch all your chess pieces just play for you and you could just sit by and take all the credit. Makes what sense. she wants to do is block out the scene and have them act it out. Let's go with theater analogies. Very well done. Very good analogy. She is a producer. She's the director and he, well, no, she's the producer. She's behind the scenes. Strike. The Strike. <laughs> so Negan just has to form a union. It's the, it's we'll the, na the, the saviors. It's the nag aftra. <laughs> the nag aftra. <laughs> <laughs> The, strike after <laughs> and he's he's the director yeah and he directs all the players essentially that's an awesome analogy <laughs> you said <"F> before <laughs> We'll do. Okay, so let's close up the thing. Yes. So the only thing I wanted to actually read was Emma Lazarus's poem. It's a very short poem. Some of it is written on the Statue of Liberty itself. So it's called the New Colossus. In this Colossus in New York City called the Statue of Liberty, Lady Liberty, not like the brazen giant of Greek fame with conquering limbs astride from land to land. Here at our sea-washed sunset gates shall stand a mighty woman with a torch whose flame is the imprisoned lightning in her name, mother of exiles. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that Twin Cities frame. Quote, Keep ancient lands, your storied pomp, cries she, with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. This is me kind of like saying, this is how Maggie could have been. This is what she could have been, but she let tragedy define her. And I, I, I just, it just hit me once when she was seeing uh, 
Lady Liberty. Still standing, but mm -hmm. wor a little worse for, for wear, which is a good sign. She's still standing. Mm -hmm. She still can turn it all around. I think that's a good way of looking at Maggie going forward. Now she can make even worse decisions, but I think we're tired of that. We're all tired of that. Like as much as maybe a person might not like Maggie. She already does the, you know, give me your tired rapport and your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. She already mm -hmm. does that part. With Ginny. And well, with I mean, the I, bricks. I, well, yeah, whoever is there. I'm sure they take people in all time. I never doubted that she would take care of Ginny. I never doubted that if Tommaso and Amaya survive, even with his lies, she still would have allowed him to come to the bricks, I believe. She didn't kill him. She, she saved Ginny. Right. Over and over again. Yeah. I don't think at all that she's a bad person. I just don't think she's a nice person. And to me, there's a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, but how mm -hmm. easy is it to be super nice in the apocalypse? Right. Most of our people aren't nice. You really get down to right. it. And most nice people, like maybe even like you can see the crowd is a nice person, maybe. I don't know. But he's not a good guy. I mean, right. uh, sure. John Dory, the only truly the nice person in nice person, universe. Yeah. And look how well it worked out for him. Not a good use case. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like, M Madison's not a nice person. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Strand's but not a nice person. The truth is, you truly cannot be a wholly nice person in the apocalypse. It's just not possible. Mm -hmm. Because you have Unless you have to fight all the time for what you're getting. It's just not going to happen. Which yeah. was, was that was Shane's whole point at the beginning, right? Rick, this isn't the same world. You can't be the same person you were before. It's not going to work. Yeah. I do believe there was one more genuinely nice person. Two more. Two more genuinely nice people in apocalypse. Reg and Noah. I'm gonna go ahead and say but I'm they gonna say didn't survive. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was right. gonna and say they, they I was gonna say Glenn, but you know actually Glenn killed motherfuckers too. So mm -hmm. I mean I wouldn't argue that he he he's a nice per he was a nice person, but that's not everything. And he didn't survive. I mean, but who does? These aren't really nice good guys. Finish last. Finish last. Last. <laughs> and true to form, if you like what you heard, and we finished last and we're nice, head over to ratethispodcast.com/squawkingdead. Give us five stars in an eggplant. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you didn't like but remember to tell us after every episode and if you really like what you've heard and you're really enjoying what we're doing consider doing this for free and that is following us on either Kofi or patreon that's ko-fi.com slash squawking dead or patreon.com slash squawking dead you don't have to tip us at Kofi or you don't have to join a membership tier following us means that you know when our recording schedules drop because we don't post our recording schedules on social media so you can get to our recording sessions for free why don't you take us up on that offer but if you do like what we're doing and you feel the spirit of Christmas, Santa Claus befriending Santa Claus, and you feel generous, consider tipping us on Kofi and you'll get 30 days of supporter back content, the unedited episode recordings, and a whole host of other little perks. And if you really enjoy what we're doing and you're, you want to be a part of this family, because it is, and we can't stop telling each other that we are a family, consider joining a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month. That will instantly give you Discord access so you can talk to us behind the scenes, prepping for episodes, developing new things, having new ideas, spoilers, channels, gives you a in, more intimate and real-time notification about when we are going to be recording, generally speaking, and a whole host of other things. And among those perks are the Survivors and Whispers tiers who get at least this, and that is shout-outs at the end of every episode, starting with our Survivors tier members, one of whom is here with us right now. It's, it's Takira, and you can get to her at ko-fi.com slash Connie Dixon for life. That's Connie Dixon, the number four, L-Y-F-E, at Eliza Jones 71 on Instagram or at Jones AG6 on Twitter. You can also follow her at Relishing the Dead. Mostly, I would recommend this if you have it. Head to the Relishing the Dead Facebook group over the page because there's a lot more interactions there. She goes live there as well. She can't go live yet with she and the rest of the ladies of Relishing the Dead on YouTube just yet, but you should consider 
consider following and subscribing to and enabling all notifications on her YouTube channel anyway so that she can. FanArtLindy, you can reach at ko-fi.com slash fanartlindy. And of course, at RealRyanGM on Twitter. Next up are the Whispers tier members who are at Judith.Morn on Instagram, Aiden Atkin, you can reach at ko-fi.com slash Aiden Atkin, at Tyler Philip Cox on both Instagram and Twitter, and of course, Sandy.D.Morrison on Facebook. Thank you so much for making it. Now, I don't know how this is going to get delivered to you. This makes my job that much more hard. But thank you for joining us on the chat tonight. Thank you for, if you get this part of the episode, for listening to the rest of it. Of course, the audio podcast is going to get at all of this. And thank you for listening to our coverage of The Walking Dead Dead City's first season. Can't wait to break down the second season. Can you, Takira and Charity? So excited. It's pretty exciting. I can't wait. I can't believe I have to hey, wait. <laughs> Hashtag Neggy hate bang fan fiction. Remember to follow that guy. I know, like that, that really got my attention. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, Freyan814. Hopefully he follows. But anyway, take care, everybody. Have a good one. And we hope to see you very soon for the Daryl Dixon, TWD Daryl Dixon spinoff series. Uh, in the meantime, join us. And if you're a Whispers and Survivors tier members, you will get dibs playing with us, Jackbox games. But in the meantime, Sharon D and I are going on vacation. Yeah. You'll be back about the 12th I will be back 14th. the 12th. I'm going to Florida for a week or to visit my family. But I'm also taking a detour to Savannah. And I'm going to go to some ear filmations and check them out. And hopefully yeah. we'll have some cool stuff for you to check out. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. And I will be going to Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia, and Helsinki, Finland for 10 days. So that's going to be something that we did together. And I'll be gone from Tuesday to... It's before my mother's birthday, so April 6th. So April, <laughs> April 6th. That's like a year, Dave. Sorry, August 6th. <laughs> I'll be there for a year. I'll be I'll be I'll be on location from another box in another country in a probably better time zone for everybody. So, anyways, thank you so much for being here and we'll see you very soon. Undoubtedly. Take care. Have a good night. Bye. We love you. Bye.